Hi, I'm Scott Hamilton, back with another podcast review, this time continuing the 007 series with Thunderball. Let's do it. So during my last podcast, I talked about how Goldfinger is just the quintessential movie to be the third one in the Bond series. It just nailed everything, did everything right. It was great. And unfortunately, Guy Hamilton, who directed that movie after Terrence Young directed the first two, was uh, creatively exhausted after filming Goldfinger, so they brought back Terrence Young. That is probably the biggest problem with the movie, although the movie's really good. Don't, Don't take it the wrong way. It just seems to be a step back from Goldfinger in some of the action scenes and stuff, although this has very extensive underwater photography and special effects that it won the Academy Award that year for special effects. Um, But we'll talk more about that in a second. Huge Bond fan here. So I love them all, but I love some more than others. And Thunderball was one of those I remembered from childhood that I could hardly ever make it through. It has a 130-minute runtime, which is not too terribly long. But again, I used to watch these on ABC television back in the 70s and 80s, and there were so many commercials in it, they were three hours long or longer um, on on a Sunday night whenever they showed them. And so... You know, this was always just one of the longer ones, and I always wanted to to get to the underwater stuff. But like a lot of reviewers have pointed out, this movie takes a while to get going. Uh, Sean Connery, 007, is is recovering after the last movie, and he's in a uh, a kind of resort getting massaged when he meets some other characters that are part of this overarching plot that happens in this 1965 movie. And convoluted things happen, and, and, and he needs to go to the Bahamas. And he does, and the bad guy has these plans. Um, You don't know them at first, but he is going to steal atomic weapons and use them. Ooh, big big stuff for the time. And I got to say that once it does get to the underwater stuff, it's pretty amazing for the time. I mean, this is some of the best underwater footage ever shot of action, um, literally ever. I mean... Until James Cameron started doing real underwater photography for the Abyss, this was some major underwater... I mean, there's a lot of people in the water. <laughs> it's it's pretty impressive knowing that they didn't have any CG back then. This, this all had to be done in, with real people in the water, uh, scuba diving, riding sleds, you know, all that kind of stuff. And the scenes do run the movie a little long. Looking back on it now, you wish they had edited the first half of the movie so we could get to the second half a little quicker. You wouldn't hate the second half's length as much, the repetitive diving scenes, if you hadn't sat through so much to get there. Another thing that, looking back on this movie that a lot, not a lot of people are talking about, is there is an implied rape-torture scene that happens uh, with Domino and Largo. The, Largo's the bad guy. Um he takes the woman who's been flirting with Bond, as all women do in these movies, and he lights a cigar and says he's going to torture and kicks the guy out and closes the door, and you hear the woman screaming, and when he comes back, she's dressed a little differently, and you have given me great pleasure, Domino, and now, you know, and it's like, 
wow, they couldn't have really. <laughs> and and nobody's talking about that. People talk about, oh, the there's a scene with Sean Connery in the pool and a shark where he almost gets attacked. Sean Connery had asked them to put a plexiglass wall in if he was going to swim in this pool with these sharks, and the shark got around the plexiglass, and he got out just minutes before, or I guess seconds before the shark would have caught up to him. Um but people talk about those kind of stories and not talk about this thing. I mean, yes, Largo was an awful bad guy who had people killed throughout the movie. But, you know, uh, the, the implying the torture and rape of the character, well, it makes the ending and getting into spoilers. Um, James Bond fights with Largo. I was a little shocked that he couldn't take him out, you know. But Largo overpowers Bond. Bond's about to die. Domino kills Largo. Makes everything better. I guess. Um, catharsis. Other than that, this is a Bond movie um, that follows the template and blueprint. It's just a bit uneven now. And with a little bit of editing, it could have been as good as Goldfinger. As such, it comes in second. You know, I I like Thunderball, but I'm excited to where things are going because I know movies like You Only Live Twice are coming next, and that's where we finally get to deal with Blofeld. Blofeld is a big character in the Bond series who, in the first few movies, you don't get to see. Uh, you see hands petting a cat. You hear a voice. They had a voice actor. They didn't really decide on who it was going to be, and then eventually it's Donald Pleasance, which is great. Um, Largo's a pretty good bad guy. Um, he's reminiscent to me of the bad guy from Moonraker much later. Um, I don't know why. Um, they don't look alike or anything. I just, that he's always reminded me of that bad guy. Um, he's okay. Um, that Bond kind of thwarts him like he did Oric Goldfinger in the last movie a few times at the beginning and taunts him and that kind of stuff with gambling and things. That, again, was part of everything that goes all the way up through Casino Royale and beyond. You know, this is part of, of, of... Uh, Bond's bag of tricks, not just that he's a great shot and a great lover and, and, a, and a cultured man, but he's also a great gambler and, and a great reader of people and that kind of thing. So that's one of the better things about the entire series is how they do over time, even with the pe different people playing Bond, they flesh out that character in different ways. And obviously in the modern movies with movies like Spectre, where they go into some history we never knew, that may be a little much, but you know, that I enjoyed those movies, and we'll get there in these in this review series. So, all in all, Thunderball is a is one of the great Bond movies. But watching it now, you know they could have done a little more editing. We could have got to the underwater action a little bit more, and I don't know, about ten minutes shorter. This movie would probably be cooking just right. But it is a good Bond movie. It definitely fits into the the uh, the, the the entire theme of things. As number four is being not bad. You know, we all talked about in the 80s and 90s how bad sequels were. Bond movies were getting better, you know, and so that's why they are probably uh, still the, what, second highest grossing film franchise of all time, maybe third. Anyway, James Bond's Thunderball. We will be back with You Only Live Twice in my next podcast review of Bond movies as I continue to go through every one in my 2012 box set before we get to the new movie whenever it gets released. I'm Scott Hamilton. My website is therockfile.com where you can find links to all the other things. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sharing. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> <laughs>